Joining us right now is Matt Robeson. He is a podcast host, former congressional staffer, and he's written an exceptional opinion piece for Newsweek. No, these indictments don't strengthen Trump. That's just media nonsense. Uh, he's kind enough today to join us to talk about this uh, this editorial opinion piece. Hi, Matt. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Oh, I'm happy to join you and uh, join the axis of Matt and Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, it always it's always nice when I have someone who, who really understands me. That's right. <laughs> Deep personal level, right? <laughs> uh, you and I are simpatico on this because the minute that all of a sudden these it wasn't when the indictments came down. The threats of the indictments came down. There was this this narrative being pushed, I think, primarily by the right and as well by, I think, just the media that, oh, this is going to this is the biggest mistake the Democrats are going to make this. You know, Trump's going to be unbeatable. And I thought it was laughable. You clearly as well agree with that. OK, let's let's all be clear about this. If you're thinking that anything negative just strengthens Donald Trump, folks, that's the sort of Gryffindor. That's not Donald Trump, okay? I just, I want to say this as clearly as I can. There is absolutely no evidence, if you look at the polling, that all of these indictments have helped Donald Trump. That's the entire point of my piece in Newsweek. And I am happy to run through the numbers. It's what uh, Barack would have called the audacity of math. But when Donald Trump said just just this past week the indictments came in, it's like, oh, this is going to help me. Every time I get indicted, I go up massively in the polls or some horse pucky like that. Not true. Not true. He's gone up an average of like a point and a half after his last two set of indictments. And after this last set came in, he went up 0.3 points. Like that's like three tenths of a percent. It, it's not true. It is total media nonsense. And those numbers can be accounted for not by the masses, just Republicans who probably are just furious that he's being held accountable that might not have been, you know, forever Trumpers that just, okay, fine, I'm tired of the Democrats going after him. So those numbers are completely and totally understandable within the context. They're, they absolutely are. There's actually a, a really, look, I assume that all of your uh, listeners are extremely intelligent and good looking too. Yes. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and flatter them by, by using just a little bit of jargon for a second. There's something in polling known as differential non-response bias, which is just a fancy way for pollsters to make themselves feel uh, important. And basically all it means is if you're a super Trump fan and news like this comes in, then, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of rally effect where you're like, ah, oh, they're coming after my guy. And what it means is that you might be more likely to pick up the phone if a pollster calls. You're more likely to actually answer the poll. And you see this effect happen after major news events on all kinds of issues for people who feel strongly about that issue. And it is very consistent with the effect that we've seen with all of these Trump indictments, a small bump that lasts for a couple of weeks and then fades away. It's what we saw after the Mar-a-Lago raid. It's what we saw after the first impeachment. It's what we've seen after each of the first two tranches of indictments. It's what we're seeing right now. It's nothing to write home about. Well, and it's similar to, I mean, this is just, it's narrative driving. And, you know, they, they, they basically want to seem like everything, we're always going to be the winner, we're always on top, we're always there. And it's the reality is is that this is there. It's damage control. It's good old fashioned damage control. And where is I think it's helping him to a point within the Republicans. I mean, DeSantis is you know, and, and DeSantis is not helping himself. But I mean, as his primary competitor this election cycle, he's falling off the the the, the cliff. And so henceforth, you know, I think some of the DeSantis supporters are saying, okay, fine, I'll just go back to Trump. 
but I, I don't necessarily feel as if it's going to resonate and create this massive wave back to Donald Trump come 2024 in any capacity. I think most people are are furious with people that try to overthrow the government of the United States. Well, I mean, I think that's exactly the right way to think about it. I mean, just to pose a thought experiment to all of your listeners, are there any Democrats, any independents out there, any Republicans who have moved on from Trump, and there are some, who are actually going to get this new evidence, these new indictments, look at that and say, oh, now, now I'm rallying back to Donald Trump. Boy, this really turned me around. I, I, (laughs) I mean, that's what they're doing is they're they're basically looking in a mirror, seeing what they behold and liking it and saying, ah, everyone might be like this. And there's also a lot of motivated reasoning involved here, especially on the part of the Trump team. One of the effects that I think you're pointing to that I think you're seeing is that in the Republican primary, they are all afraid to just stand up and say the emperor has no clothes, or more accurately, the emperor is a raving lunatic who should never be trusted with the nuclear codes. And of course, that's that's why they're all backing down against him. They're all afraid to criticize him. They all come out with these mealy-mouthed statements after these indictments like, well, you know, I guess. I mean, even Mike Pence, even Mike Pence, who's going to be called in this trial to testify against Donald Trump, has said, well, no one who has performed like this should be president. He can't even say the man's name. Again, just to overstretch the Harry Potter metaphor, the man ain't Voldemort, okay? It's all right, Republicans, to stand up to him. But this self-reinforcing narrative of all of this stuff only makes him stronger. You can't possibly go after him because it'll hurt you in the Republican primary. It serves Trump's purposes and it helps keep all of his rivals in check. There was, and I'm going to talk about this more in the next hour, but there was a town hall meeting for Tom Emmer, the Republican whip in the House who is uh, in Minnesota 6. And he actually was confronted by this. And this is, once again, you know, I think some people are are confronting him because they're not of the same political ideology. But there are Republicans and what seems to be a larger growing number of Republicans who are of the mindset, if, if we're going down this path again, no, I don't want any part of this party. And they're just... Like I said, I think when when you touch on this, there's just a common sense thing that just is people trying to scream into the wind because they know that Donald Trump is truly rotten. And I'm seeing even Republicans who are, you know, very clearly in, in larger and larger numbers running away from Trump at this point. You're right. I, I mean, I, well, and I'm, I'm saying that because I think it too. So of course I want to reinforce what you think. But there's also some evidence behind what you're saying. For one thing, there's polling data that suggests that fewer and fewer Republicans believe that he, quote, did nothing wrong. And more of them express openness to pollsters about supporting someone else. The other interesting effect that if you look at the data, it's right there for anyone to look up is Trump has touted how much of a fundraising boost he's gotten after these indictments. It is true. After the first set of indictments in New York, he did get a massive fundraising spike. You can find it. You can look up the data on WinRed. But what's interesting is that his fundraising bump after the second and the third set of indictments was much, much less. It seems to be wearing off. The other interesting thing is that when his rivals for the Republican nomination have spoken out against him, when they've gone after him, they have seen fundraising bumps. It seems like there is a portion of the Republican electorate that is thirsty for this. They actually want this. Is exactly what you were just saying, Matt. I mean, and I think if they could find the last remaining strands of connective tissue in their spines and go down this road and say, you know what, 
everyone else is vying to sort of like wait for Trump to fall and then inherit the MAGA voters. What if we went down a different path? What if we actually went after him? What if they all stood up together and did this? I think there is growing evidence that they would find that a much more productive approach and they might give themselves a much better shot of slaying the demon and winning the nomination. Matt Robeson joining us talking about his editorial in Newsweek about the fact that, no, Trump is not being helped by indictments. There is also this problem for Republicans. The, The mentality they want to be able to say is, sure, Donald Trump did something, but everyone does something, so it's equal. And... You know, we could talk about the fact that the reason why that, you know, like on the, the 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 classified documents, is it? You know, he was asked to give them back, and he refused to do it, and kept stashing them there. Sure, Mike Pence had some, Joe Biden had some from when he was vice president. The minute they realized they they searched, they gave them all back, and they were done with it. They did an extensive search. That's not what Trump did, and there's the difference. But I'll even give you a more blatant one. They're going after Hunter Biden right now. Everything they keep saying is 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 happening is not happening. They've had testifying after testifying that he did nothing. Meanwhile, Jared Kushner, who worked in the White House, got $2 billion from the Saudis, which was really, let's just call it what it was, a family payout to the Trump family to allow the Saudis to be able to murder whoever they wanted to. And the reality is these Republicans don't want to look at this. And there is this unbelievable lack of accountability on their one side while they're trying to keep trying to make hay on the other side. I think that a lot of people, maybe not the real diehard Trump fans, but even moderate Republicans that still do exist are like, yeah, okay, you guys are trying too hard to make a mountain out of a molehill here, while there's tons of mountains over here that you guys refuse to even look at. Well, look, if if the world were fair, and if we had a media that was actually accountable and trying to report and be even-handed in, in, a, in a true, uh, by even-handed, what I mean is objective, not just we have to present ourselves as finding fault with both sides, then everything you just said would have been made true by the media long ago. And this whole gambit of trying to both sides, everything, well, everyone does this, would have been exposed a long time ago. You know, perfect example, James Comer, the Republican congressman who is like the inspector Javert going after Hunter Biden. Um, Here's a question for you. Where's the so-called bribe, James Comer? That was the headline in The Washington Post this morning. They have been going after Hunter Biden for a solid year now, holding hearings. They cannot find anything. Their desperation, their sweaty desperation is beginning to reek. They have headlines on Fox News now where they're suggesting that because Hunter Biden made phone calls to the president and they talked about the weather, that there were secret weather-related codes (laughs) being passed between the president and his son. And they really meant business. And storm clouds meant, uh, I don't know, sales. Um, You know, and that's all to cover the fact that their hero, their dear leader, uh, had to draw with a Sharpie on a hurricane to make true the BS lie he had just told. Um, You know, look, the entire Republican strategy is an example of what South Park and and social psychologists call a DARVO. Deny, attack, reverse victim and offender. And we should really focus on that last part. Their entire strategy is about reversing the victim and the offender. Because they have such deep offenses on their side, their only way to survive is to try and say what you just said. Everyone does this. And the, the very offenses that they have committed Oh no! See, it's it's actually happening over there. Yeah. It's happening over there, and it's 
it's all a smokescreen. Well, it's they're they they're going after drag queens and saying, look, they're endangering kids while they're trying desperately to cover up the insane amount of Republicans and Republican leaning people who have been, you know, endangering kids. And so that's that that's their uh, Jim I, Jordan, anyone? Yeah, exactly. Well, if we could Denny, go Denny Hastert, anyone? I mean, he's actually in federal prison. The former Speaker of the House, Anton and Lazaro, talking about his offenses. This is a family show. Oh, Anton Lazaro, we just had his. He was sentenced to twenty one years yesterday in Minnesota. Here with a guy who was close with the Republican Party in Minnesota. Okay, so the one thing though is this, and about this, these kind of stories, they would not have traction if not for a news media that likes to basically doom scroll liberals. They're basically, oh, you're about to lose again. Oh no, this is going to go bad. They, there is this undeniable, you know, gloom and doom narrative from the media, and that when I when I look at this, you know, I call, I'm glad you're calling this out because the reality is, stop just taking their talking points and running and writing a news story off them because the reality is, even a more a very logical analysis of this argument would show it's ludicrous to think that a, a person getting indicted for crimes is going to help them out in the long run. Yeah, I've had the former Chicago Tribune editor, Mark Jacob, on my show, Beyond Politics, which, by the way, shameless plug, I urge everyone to subscribe to when you're not listening to Matt McNeil on the radio, which you should be doing um, all the time. And he points, I mean, this is something that he actually feel some ownership responsibility. He's actually apologized for on Twitter that he's been part of the mainstream media that has begun to adopt this stance of essentially being willing stenographers and therefore enablers for lying and the creeping autocracy that we're seeing from the Republican Party. The Republican Party long ago left behind the idea that they could win on a fair democratic playing field. And so you've seen them try to juke the vote, suppress the vote. And when they can't win via the vote, like we just saw in Ohio, they try and change the rules, move the goalposts. Um, and if they still can't win under those circumstances, what you see is January 6th. And the, the mainstream media sees their role as essentially, I need to be invited to the right cocktail parties. I need to maintain my access to both political parties. So I'm going to take the quote from this side and I'm going to take the quote from that side. I'm going to report them equally as two equal points of view. My daughter at the dinner table last night was talking about a YouTube video in which flat earthers appeared alongside actual scientists debating the question of whether the earth was flat. I pointed out the logical fallacy here. I'm sure you see it and I'm sure all of your listeners yeah. see it as well. You're putting lies and scientific truth on an equal playing field, and you're suggesting that they should meet in the middle and come to a compromise. That is not the way this is supposed to work. And the news media's function is not to be stenographers. It is to reveal truth, present objective facts, and they're not doing it, which means they're not doing their job, and they're part of what's dragging down American democracy. They are. The, and last point I want to ask you about is that, you know, part of this, of course, is that new narrative, as you just described perfectly there. But part of it is, too, there are too many Democrats, particularly moderate Democrats, that basically buy hook, line and sinker Republican talking points. I'm going to give out Dean Phillips. He's Minnesota three. He's the guy that's now thinking, kind of floating the idea he might challenge in primary Joe Biden. Now, first of all, this. I don't care if someone primaries him. That's the system. If someone wants to, you're more than welcome to. I think Joe Biden's done enough to, you know, warrant getting reelected personally. But, you know, there is a system in place if you do want to challenge. That being said, when Dean Phillips comes out and says, I just don't think he can win. I don't think he can win. What I'm not hearing is not a guy who's looking at the reality of all the stuff that Joe Biden has done, but is seeming to basically get 
his narrative from Republican talking points. And I think that there has to be this mentality of the Republicans are lying and you need to ignore them because they're not telling you the truth. It's become even more important for Republicans. Look, when I was a congressional staffer, I was a congressional staffer for about 10 years and a campaign operative ran a bunch of congressional campaigns and political reality was different in those days in the in the in the 2000s. I mean, I, I worked for blue dog Democrats. I worked for centrist, moderate Democrats. And I think that there was a different political reality where it still made sense to kind of play toward the middle and, you know, accept on a good faith basis that there were different points of view on issues like, you know, economics, trade, even yeah. even cultural matters. But now, as we've kind of covered here, there's such a vested interest from the Republican Party and their co-enablers, co-conspirators, unindicted co-conspirators, <laughs> Fox News to distort and lie about the truth. I mean, take, for example, President Biden's record. This is a man who's presided over record job growth when Donald Trump oversaw the loss of 6.3 million jobs, the biggest growth in manufacturing jobs in 30 years, the lowest unemployment rate in the last 50 years. And you go down the numbers, the achievements yeah. of Joe Biden and this economy, and there's just no case. And yet you find Republicans out there saying Americans are really struggling in the Joe Biden economy. And it is you know, it's it's a complete fabrication and distortion. And to to accept it and run on it and assume that there's some middle ground, it's like the flat earthers versus the scientists. Some things there just there isn't a middle ground compromise. About. And I don't think Dean Phillips is saying that verbatim, but he does seem to be echoing a lot of Republican talking points. And I, and I and I just I, I think to myself, as, as you just laid out. You take a look at the record here. Joe Biden deserves another nod here. And, you know, you. I, I just, yeah, it's, I, we got to stop the doom scrolling and just do not buy Republican talking points as facts. Uh, Matt Robeson, once again, the podcast is Beyond Politics. It's available, I saw it was on iTunes. It's available pretty much everywhere, right? Available pretty much everywhere. And we're also, and it's a video version on the Blue Amp channel on YouTube, where we're going to have some of this conversation as well, hopefully. Um, so people should check that out. And look, if you want to escape um, kind of the both sides as I'm doing scrolling of the mainstream media, listen to Mac McNeil and uh, check out Blue Amp and the Beyond Politics podcast. And of course, and everyone knows Blue Amp from Cliff Schechter, of course, uh, is spectacular there. I'll link to this actual video of this uh, that you're talking about this article as well. I'll link to the article a little bit later on. Uh, Matt Robeson, once again, Beyond Politics is the podcast. Go find that. Matt, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today. Absolutely a pleasure. Uh, great to be part of the axis of Matt. <laughs> thank you. It's uh, nice to be loved. <laughs>